Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. If you are a builder, remodeler, or contractor, this is your go-to resource for business growth strategies, as well as marketing and sales tactics. On this show, you'll hear from industry leaders, construction professionals in the trenches, and from our team of digital marketing experts here at Builder Funnel. If you're not growing, you're moving backward. So we want you to always be in growth mode. Let's get started. Hey, welcome back to Builder Funnel Radio. In today's conversation, I actually have two marketers with me, Sarah Titus and Marissa Roden of Eastbrook Homes. They're in West Michigan. And we kind of cover the gamut today, but we definitely dive into tactics. We talk a lot about event marketing. Um, These two spend a lot of time and effort on events, and it does really, really well for them. And then we also talk about some tools and technology and how they stay organized running so many events across so many communities. We talk about automation and some things that can help you save some time. And, uh, and then we wrap up by talking about video and what they're doing for video. And so I think you guys will really enjoy today's episode. Uh, like I said, we cover the gamut and we go deep into the weeds. So you'll walk away with some great ideas and some tactical advice. So stay tuned for episode 63 with Sarah and Marissa of Eastbrook Homes. Hey, Sarah, Marissa, glad to have you on the show today. Glad to be here. We're excited. We're very excited. Yeah, I am too, because we're going to dive into a lot of tactics today. We're going to kind of get in the weeds a little bit. I think a lot of people, sometimes they listen to something and go, oh, that sounds great in theory. How do I actually do that? So I'm hoping we can kind of dive into some of those things today. But before we get too far along, I guess um, you guys are both with Eastbrook Homes right now in West uh, Michigan. Um, you're both marketers, but I guess, how did you originally get interested in marketing? You know, I feel like a lot of us marketers kind of bump into this, but, uh, but yeah, tell us, I guess, how you got interested. Sure. So, uh, mine is kind of a bump into this story. So, um, I'm the marketing manager for Eastbrook Homes. Uh, I started, um, when I was in high school coordinating a local festival. So that gave me a lot of event coordinating experience, um, threw myself into the deep end and hope I could survive and uh, made it and learned a lot and failed a lot, which is the best way to learn, and then went to school for graphic design. So I really loved what I did at the festival. I really loved learning design and like kind of the more granular parts and wanted to find how those intersected. So that's kind of where I um, dove into when I actually had to go get my big first adult job. I worked for a wedding coordinator. I was a wedding coordinator and tasting manager for a local winery in Traverse City. And that kind of took all those skills of event coordinating and then also like the management side. I was marketing the tasting room. I was marketing the winery um, and designing all of the materials that went with it. It was a small uh, mom and pop uh, winery. So it was a kind of you do all the stuff. So I'm definitely am interested in wearing all the hats that I can, and it helps me give a bigger, um, I think the, the, you can do a better job at marketing when you know as much as you can. So I like to try to get as much information as I can before I dive into solving a problem. So um, I moved on to Grand Rapids in 2015 and started at Eastbrook Homes. It was just kind of a, they needed somebody to help with their social media. They hadn't ever had anybody who was really taking on all this stuff. They worked with a lot of outside vendors to get things done. And so I've kind of grown it from there. Um, there's no problem too big or complicated that I don't want to tackle. And usually that's a problem or an excitement. I find that all of those experiences actually come back to experience itself. And I really enjoy um, building an event or a marketing plan or selling a product about experience. So weddings are experience, um, events are experience, homes are an experience. So I enjoy taking something that is a one of the most important decisions somebody's ever gonna make and and build something beautiful out of it. So that's kind of the, the challenge. You're taking this really big thing that if you mess up could like ruin somebody's life or day. And so it's a lot of pressure, but it's such a huge reward. So that's kind of, um, it's in a very small way marketing, but all of those things together, I find has made me a, a strong marketer of knowing that there's a lot of empathy built into marketing. There's a lot of details that are built into marketing. There's a lot of experience that's built into marketing that don't involve just going to school. So while I took some marketing and advertising classes, I definitely think that uh, failing at an event taught me more than it needed to. Listening to somebody be frustrated helped me learn more about 
doing successful marketing than learning in a classroom. So I was more of a hands-on marketing. Um, and Marissa has a much more, <laughs> a more, much more direct, professional yeah. way to go. So I graduated from Calvin University about a year and a half ago um, and started with Eastwork as my first job. And so I'm really interested in strategic communication, which is what I majored in, and kind of the writing portion. Um, and so I like tackling projects that involve content writing and how to communicate messages that are can be complicated, like a building process, and simplify it for people to understand. Um, I also love creating social media posts that are fun and engaging, whether that's with videos or just written descriptions for listings. Um, so basically anything that involves writing and content strategy, email marketing, I'm all in. And that is what I love most about marketing. She's very good at it. <laughs> You're good at all the other things. <laughs> we make a good pair. And so together, um, when I was looking for somebody a couple of years ago to hire, I finally got that approval that I so desperately needed to expand what I was doing. Um, it was something outside of what Eastbrook had ever done. They didn't have a full marketing department or like multiple people doing something. So I really had to work at explaining how, how different, I'm sure other marketers will get this. There's so much involved in marketing that go unnoticed or unknown because that's good marketing. It's kind of, I went to school for design and that was what they say about design. You don't notice good design. Good design is something you don't notice and you shouldn't notice it. It's supposed to be, uh, it's supposed to be seamless. So that's kind of marketing our own fault is that it's so good. And when you do things really seamlessly, nobody knows what you do. So um, Marissa yeah. has been a great addition for us to really boost the social, which we'll dive into some of those tactics. And that's kind of where all the challenges came was how do I go from being one person with all the stuff in my head and now I have to take bring on a new person, yeah. train her. And she doesn't have experience, which actually probably worked really well for me because I, she has the blank slate. I could just say, these are all the things I like to do. Tell me where I'm wrong. Or does this make sense? Because I've only ever done it with myself. So maybe I'm missing something. Or uh, And then leadership. Karen, leading a team of one yeah. uh, together through a very complicated process that has so many moving parts. So Yeah, I think... Uh... Yeah, thanks for sharing your background. I think in marketing, you know, it's it's good that you like to wear a lot of hats because yeah, there's just so much to do. And we're always, there's always more you can do with marketing. It just seems like it's an endless stream of activities that we could be working on. And so often the challenge is focusing it down and choosing on what's going to be effective. But you guys both talked about a couple of things that were interesting. We actually just um, got back from our annual trip to the inbound conference in Boston. And one of the things that they uh, emphasized was uh, they're seeing this shift from companies trying to find a product market fit to an experience market fit. And they talked about a lot of companies that make the buying experience and the experience of using the product seamless, frictionless, and almost like you're saying, you know, you don't notice it. Um, but you feel like, oh, this is how it should be. It's so darn easy. And so um, hoping we can kind of dive into a little bit of that today. But um, before we get too far down the road, I guess, tell us just quick snapshot of Eastbrook Homes. You know, what kind of product are you guys selling and where? And, uh, and then we'll kind of dive into the marketing, uh, the good stuff. All right. Uh, so Eastbrook Homes is a semi-custom, semi-production builder in West Michigan, Lansing, greater Lansing area of Michigan, and then actually Auburn, Alabama. We have a small um, division down there. So we build homes for move up buyers, first time buyers, move down buyers. We build condos, single family, townhomes. Um, we have a design center that people personalize their homes. So we are a personalized builder. So you come in and you pick one of our library of floor plans. We have over 50 of them. Uh, so you pick a floor plan that fits your lifestyle, then you make all the personalized tweaks that you need to with our designers. So we have an on-team design staff that works with you through that process and selects all of the finishes you want in your home. Um, options, we have some of the options straight out of, oh, you know, moving walls or changing the bathroom to a four-piece bathroom or changing the kitchen around. So we have a lot of those that are standard, and then we have a lot that we also do custom, even though we try to get away from it. Uh, it doesn't always work. So, and marketing is a, we usually get blamed for that because we show so many beautiful photos. So a lot of our marketing tactics are showing that. If we're going to have people build in Eastbrook Home, they really need to know 
what it's going to be like. And so that requires you to show them something. Um, and a lot of people have like, you know, the fancy rendering software and things like that. We don't have those. So we have photos of a lot of the home plans we've built. Building from a library offers you that opportunity. But when you do really cool stuff, people want it again and again, which yeah. means you did something <laughs> right. It just means you made things a little harder for yourself. A little more complicated. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, yeah, I think that helps for anybody listening. Just like, Hey, what are, what are you guys trying to market? But let's dive right into events. I know that's something that uh, when, when the three of us kind of got together and um, first connected, you guys said you do a lot of events, you put a lot of focus and energy. Um, I guess just tell us, you know, what's the strategy there? Um, Events are a lot of work. And so I'm sure you're seeing a payoff, but yeah, why, why events? Yeah. So Part of it was probably because I came from events. So that events are what I know really well. And I sure. know how to throw a really good event. I know what makes an event work. I know what makes an event click. And I, I know what that experience does for people. So people go back to a festival that costs them money and they're driving all over the state or multiple states every year because they had such an amazing time. So you're creating an experience that's lifelong. In most cases, they bring back their children, their grandchildren, and they go every year. A wedding, that's something that, you know, their friends and families never forget. They have hundreds of guests that come and experience this, in that case, short, you know, concentrated event that is, uh, has lifelong memories associated with it. So in all of those cases, you're taking an experience focused in a location with likely food and drink and entertainment, and you're creating an experience that's everlasting. And from a home building standpoint, it took me a while to learn Uh, why do people build homes? That was really the first question. And I built myself and that kind of taught me a lot of why did I build a home? Um, I put myself through the process pretty shortly after starting here, decided, all right, let's build a house. I need to, in order to know how to market this, I need to know what I'm doing. So I learned a lot that process. I would totally recommend if you're trying to, if you're trying to market anything, you really have to be the expert at it. And you've got to have experienced the problems or the struggles or the confusion that a customer came up with. And so that's kind of where um, events are a great way to concentrate that effort in, uh, in one mode, in one method. And in a smaller community area like West Michigan, we're very we're spread out, but all those areas are small and kind of concentrated and people sure. love local here. People love um, to be entertained. There's a lot of events. So there's already a a built-in market for going to an event and making it free. We're not trying to make money off of our events. So obviously they're all free. We have got food and drink at all of them. It's always a fun time and they're open to anybody. So the great thing is it gets people in your door that you might've not seen. It gets people who are interested in eSparks but aren't really ready to make the leap. They're still shopping around. It gives them a call to action that's not salesy. It's come out and enjoy a food truck with us or come out and have some ice cream or come out and enjoy uh, this nonprofit we partnered with. We really try to switch up our methods, switch up our call to action, switch up the reasons we're doing events. And we actually put a lot of that back on our sales team. We have an amazing sales staff here, um, a combination of internal and external sales. So some work directly for Eastbrook, some do Eastbrook and outside sales, um, but all of them are in charge of their events. So they are owning that community. They're owning that home plan. They're working as a team to tell us, what is your market? You sell here. What are, what are people in your area like? What are your demographics? What are you looking to get out of this event? Is it a um, giving back to the community? Is it a homeowner thank you kind of event? Is it, you've got a lot of prospects that just won't get off the fence and you just need to wow them and get them into a house. The best way to sell them a house is get them in the house. Give them an exciting experience, wine and dine them as they say, and then let them see the house on its own. We know we built great homes. So getting them in and seeing the construction and seeing the craftsmen and all of the options they can have, it starts getting their mind there a lot faster than somebody talking at them. Um, or No matter how many ads I throw out there, it's not going to do what bringing them into our homes in an exciting environment is going to do. So that's kind of the, it's a grassroots guerrilla marketing style, um, really taking um, something that a lot of people aren't doing. It also helps you stand out and giving them a different way of experiencing your product than just a typical ad or a typical online remarketing campaign. It gives them an experience. They tell their friends, they tell their families, 
And that's where your referral network also starts growing of people telling every, oh, I, this weekend I went to a barbecue at Tannery Bay. Well, that's cool. What is Tannery Bay? Well, it's this great community that Eastbrook's building on the water. Whoa, I want to learn more. I mean, it, it helps those natural conversations. Everyone always talks about what they did on the weekend or what they right. did. Right, yeah. So it keeps you top of mind. It keeps you in the forefront of conversations. And it's not about building a house tomorrow. They might want a house in five years, but you've created a memory that's going to last. And that's what's important for when they decide that building a home is right for them. So it's definitely a soft sell. Yeah. And it's a very, uh, what we would say here at Builder Funnel, a very inbound way of doing marketing, which is, hey, we're going to create some value up front. And we know that you may be ready today, but you may not be ready today. It's the same if you you know, create an educational blog post or a video that just talks about the home buying process. You might get 200 people to come read that blog and none of them are ready today, but they got some good information from you. It elevates your brand. They start to, you know, you earn some trust with them. And so it just does that. I feel like at a deeper level because you have that personal connection in, you know, in real life, not just on the internet. Um, And so I I guess what are, uh, I'm curious, what are some of the like themes for the events and then how do you like softly tie in oh check out this model or do you not even focus on that and you're like just come enjoy some music and eat and that's it and then you've just got signage and branding and you know that you know that will do the trick yeah so we have a variety of types of events so we do have a full laundry list of options we kind of go to our sales agents and kind of be their creative brain for them let them start see an idea and try to decide if it's something they're looking for or something that they think will their community would like so some um our ice cream socials it's as easy as renting a um, ice cream cart and having it come out and inviting out all the neighborhood kids and that's kind of definitely more of a um giving back to our homeowners a thank you uh, we do have our typical sneak peeks and grand openings, which we usually try to tie in with a sneak peek. We have kind of a method, but our sneak peeks are usually um, 90-ish days before we're going to break ground on a community. Um, mm. New phases are usually a lot shorter, so it's usually more like 30 days from a new phase. So we do sneak peeks, and we try to use the My Clients pre-sale, no-fail, uh, no-fail pre-sale, and using the, having the sneak peeks prior and then, but really making them an event. So we just had one the other day that we hosted in our design center, which was a new way of doing it. Try to add something, a new flair each time. Um, it's for a new condo community. Right now it's obviously a bunch of dirt, it's not really pretty. So we took it, took the approach of bring them into our design center, let them start touching the granite and the cabinets and give them cool. some wine and some cheese. And we had 20 couples yeah. show up for that. And we had yeah, none. And then we had 20, 20 prospects just like that. So we did a, we did some video promotion. We did some online promotion, but it was just an event. It's targeted call to action to get people out to learn more about something. Yeah. Um, and then your typical grand openings where we do really big, uh, lots of food, lots of drink. We invite, you know, dignitaries, local dignitaries, things like that. So we do your typical events. Um, but then we also do things like summer picnics, um, invite out prospects. It's a great way to get prospects into a neighborhood and kind of meet who their neighbors are going to be and say a like, kind of a pick your neighbor style of come out and learn who your neighbors are, what they like, what they mm-hmm. don't like. Um, and then we do really big events like our tasting tour. So um, we turned 50 uh, three years ago and start. Ma- you don't our- look 50. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We turned. I just became a father, so the dad jokes—they just—they <laughs> pop out. You, you can't help them, so. <laughs> so anyway, you guys turned fifty. <laughs> turned fifty, and our CEO Mick McGrath—he didn't want to do a gala. He didn't want to get all dressed up and stand sure. up and talk about here's what we do every day. That didn't seem exciting to him. So he kind of tasked me with finding a better way to celebrate, and we were doing events. Uh, we were still struggling at them. I was still trying to figure out what, I, what was working, what wasn't working. Um, I had come from, as I said, the wine trail and they do these like pairing events where you buy a ticket and you go get a food and wa- food and drink pairing, like at each of these wineries and people go and spend a weekend They do it like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I wasn't really looking to sell tickets for it, but I was trying to get people to come out and see multiple homes, mm-hmm. multiple communities. Look at how many communities we have across West Michigan. You could drive all of them in a matter of hours. So I started pulling together some ideas. Um, he really wanted to give back. So we brought in a um, nonprofit. We had 15 locations that year. 
15 mm -hmm. nonprofits. Every location had a different local food vendor, a different drink vendor, and a different um, nonprofit that we were raising money for. So we matched all donations. Very cool. Um, it was really just trying to get people out, get our homeowners out, feed them, get them some drinks, introduce them to a nonprofit that helps our community. So we really took the approach of Eastbrook is building communities. The communities aren't strong if everyone around you aren't strong. So it's really giving back that not everyone can build a home, but those people that can't build our homes still deserve Eastbrook support. So that's really the method that we took from that. We found great nonprofits in the area that help with women and children and housing and really um, put the spotlight back on them. Have it in our house. People come in, they see our homes, they love our homes. That's great. But look at this great nonprofit that was, you know, 20 miles down the road that does this great stuff for people that you probably know. Um, this year, we're doing it again. It's our third annual. We did it again last year. We're doing it again this year. Um, every year is a challenge of unique abilities. So that's probably the most complicated event that we do because it requires you to have so many locations, so many people, so many, uh, a lot of coordination, <laughs> lots of coordination and yeah. lots of marketing from Rosa's standpoint, yeah. tons of social, tons of pushes. Mm -hmm. So we put it as a community, a month of community giving this year. So we wanted to try to highlight and concentrate all of that stuff. We were just doing it in a weekend. It was just kind of come out for the weekend. Um, but we had people want to be able to go to more and, and engage more and not have to do it all with a deadline. So obviously we need a deadline because we can't do it forever. But we picked October. That's when we were hosting them um, for the last couple of years. And we picked different events throughout the month. So we put it back on our sales agents and said, you host great events. We've taught you how to do this. You do a great job. What day is best? What day of the week is best? What times are best? What, when do you think your people will come out? And kind of put it back on that. What kind of food do you want to serve? What nonprofit do you want to partner with? So that we're really kind of like what I said before with marketing, you have to be passionate about something to do it well. Mm -hmm. And so when we gave that control back to our sales agents, we're getting them to buy in and say, you're really passionate about this, or you know that you want this food truck because your friend owns mm -hmm. it. That's great. Let's bring them out. Let's partner with them. And it gets your community out and they're going to talk more about how excited they are in those cases. So that's probably our biggest event that gets, I mean, sure. our goal is a hundred people through every home and we have 19 locations. So that's Dang, yeah. a lot. I'm not math. I well, not yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about that a little bit and maybe dive into some of the tactics. You said, um, Marissa, maybe that's where you're posting a lot on social and doing some of those. But I guess, what does it look at the like at the granular level? You know, are you what are you doing online to promote these events? And then are you doing anything offline or through the community and that sort of thing? Yeah, so I'm tasked with kind of updating the website with all the events. So honestly, a huge part is just reaching out to our sales agents, meeting with them, getting all of those details, everything that they want in their event, getting it done in the perfect way, and then creating the event uh, through WordPress, which is what we use. And then also I mirror it on Facebook. Um, and so those are kind of the two spots the event is hosted. Um, and then I have worked with a social media consultant and he really helped me be able to boost those events effectively with video um, and really create targeted ads with them. So that's been really great. And we've seen really awesome engagement with our events um, on Facebook. And because we have so many, it is impressive if we get, you know, 30 to 40 likes on an event when we have like 50 <laughs> listed on our page. Um, so that's been key. And then I just take a certain event um, posts or descriptions and just repurpose them in a lot of different ways. So some of those ways are through video, through pictures, um, posting across social media. Uh, Instagram has been awesome for pictures of like the families that come out to the events with all their kids. People love those pictures. So really getting the heart of the events, um, which is the people and the relationships and kind of showing that uh, through social media. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and one of the other things I'm curious about, obviously, you guys are invested in events. Uh, one thing that comes to my mind is tracking, and also ownership buy in leadership buy in to these because I would imagine ice cream social bunch of people just come they're eating ice cream, they're out on the lawn or whatever. You're not saying, hey, check in here, Bobby, before you get your ice cream cone and all this kind of stuff. So how do you guys look at an, an event and say, yeah, that was a success or that didn't go as well as we wanted. Um, how, and then how to use that decision-making to say, maybe not do a particular event again or say, yeah, we're definitely doing that again. Yeah. 
So we do work quite closely with our sales agents in the first step of picking out what they want to do um, and trying to set them up for success the best that we can. We do, um, you know, our own corporate blogs and our own corporate um, social posts and e-blasts and things, but we do put back on them, You sending out their social media, sending out their, we give them flyers, we give them signage, um, we post it on social, we make them co-host, so we expect them to post about it. Um, and they have, I mean, it really, in the beginning, it took a while, I will admit, it took a while to get her to buy into this crazy idea Sarah came up with, these <laughs> crazy weird events. Um, but it started paying off. And then the sales agents are the ones that started coming back to me and saying, wow, I had 50 people out and I, you know, new people or people I hadn't talked to. And they, now somebody brought their brother back and the brother's building. So that was really key for kind of the trust me, let's just try it. It may fail and then we'll learn something together, but it might be a huge unlocked potential that we have that we didn't know we had. So there are definitely sales agents that are better at events, some events than other events. So some of them go really in depth and they like to do a couple events a year and they just go all out. And then there's other people who do what we call enhanced open houses. It's just during your open house hours. It's a Saturday or Sunday, one to four, but you're going to have cookies there or you're going to have brownies or you're going to have cider from the local cider mill. That's an event. You can market that. We can make you a flyer. We can put a sign out. You can send e-blasts and it's a reason to come to an open house other than Hey, I'm sitting in this house and I'm bored. I'd like you to come. <laughs> right. <laughs> talk about, and that was really um, helpful, I think, for them to to have something more than I'm sitting here again. It's hard when you're sitting in your own world and you're sitting there day in and day out in a house that maybe nobody's coming into, that you can't get traffic on, and they get frustrated. And so it's kind of a great um, release from a frustration standpoint of okay, put your effort into this thing. Let's see how many people we can get. And then also knowing that if you're throwing something like an enhanced open house, two new couples coming in is, is a huge success. That's double what you had you didn't have before. So tailoring what you expect out of an event before throwing it is really key. That because we we threw some where it's like, oh, we're gonna have hundreds of people, and yeah. then you have four, but all four people bought a home. Well, that's a huge success, but we didn't know that going in. We were expecting a mass turnout, and instead we got four. So like our building 101s are a great example where we did these, um, we call them building 101 um, and our sales agent and our construction managers are there to answer questions. So we invite anybody and everybody out, come ask questions, we'll talk through the process. It's not as, you know, attractive as maybe uh, I get free ice cream. Mm -hmm. There will be sandwiches, we'll have drinks, but it's going to be more educational. And educational doesn't get as many bodies in the house. Totally. But it, serious bodies, that quality, quality, <laughs> it's quality over quantity in those cases, but they buy. And that's why, I mean, the first one, the first couple of sales agents that did it come back and I go, I had two people, this was worthless. I'm so mad about it. And then they came back a few weeks later and go, both of those people bought, I'm doing this again. I want to do more of those. So it's kind of like, you have to, they have to see their own success. And the thing about events is you didn't know that they came out unless you asked. So on the sales agent side, it's asking, how did you hear about us? Have you been out to any of our events? If you haven't, here's one coming up in two months. You should come out. And using them as a sales tool. So it's something that they have in their back pocket. Oh, there's always a next event for them. They always know when their next event is. So if they have someone that's a little more ap apprehensive to move forward, it's a great, hey, I know that you're not really ready to move forward, but why, how, how about you and your wife and your kids? come join us and, and, and enjoy some food and drink on us. If nothing else, it gets you in the community, you can meet somebody. And, and then later they have that great experience. When they're ready, they're going to come back from that. So it was really getting sales agents buy-in. We can't market anything if the sales team isn't on board. So a lot of that took, unfortunately, a meeting with them. I mean, you have to physically get in the field. And that was something that one of our dear sales agents yelled at me all the time was, you need to get in the field. You don't know what you're doing. You got to get in the field. You can't market this if you don't see it. You don't know what I'm struggling with. And, you know, you can say what you will about the sales team. They're right. We don't know what they're going through. And you, the only way you can solve the problem is if you know what it is and all of the depths of that problem. And so, you know, sometimes it's like, well, you didn't send an email. That's why you didn't get anybody out. Let me show you how to send good emails. Let's let's sit down with Marissa and find a way to write great content. Or let's sit down and take some photos. Did you just see some photos? You know, trying to figure out each of them are so different. 
they're each such great people that want to do well, but they're not marketers. So it's really bridging that gap between sales and marketing and making sure that what we're putting out there as a marketing team is what the sales team is selling. And, and that requires us meeting. So we meet quarterly with all of our sales agents in person, sitting down with them, minus unfortunately our Alabama team. We have to do that over the phone, <laughs> but <laughs> someday. Road um, trip. <laughs> yeah, road trip. <laughs> so it's really getting to, sat down with them and kind of seeing where the conversation goes. What was your struggle this month? Or who are your buyers? What was the last um, problem you had? And they totally could see things that I can't ever solve. Um, but sometimes they are of, well, they couldn't find this home plan. Well, let's look, let's see why. Did you know that this home plan was there? I mean, we have a massive website. Our, our prospects usually know it better than all of our internal teams, sometimes including myself, and I make mistakes. <laughs> so yeah. there's so much out there and you just never realize how invested a buyer is until they buy. But all the way up until they bought, they still were invested. You just didn't have those buying signals you expected or that somebody told you you should see. Yeah. So it's really um, those one-on-one -on -one conversations that are time-consuming and, and harder. Okay. But they, they give us the best return on investment. So when they're done with their events, um, all of our events on our website do have an RSVP form and people can fill it out and enter their email address. So we are gathering leads. So mm -hmm. that tells us how many people signed up for an event. So if you got 60 RSVPs, that's 60 emails you may or may not have had that you can now email for the next event. Um, so that is one measurement that we use. We always email our, we email our sales team or they email us usually um, telling us what they had. How many people did you have? What do you think worked? What do you think didn't work? And then we track it, which we'll get to in Trello. We track all of that in Trello so that when that sales agent comes back and goes, hey, I really want to do this um, stud tour. Well, how, how was your last stud tour? Why well, two people? Did they buy? No? Well, then let, maybe let's try something else. Let's look at the repertoire of events that yeah. we've done and see if we can find you something more effective and really helping them through that process. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? It takes us like, so I've had a lot of people, um, a lot of other companies talk about, well, events are so hard. And you kind of mentioned it in your answer or in your question. It is really hard and they do take a lot of time, but they're worth it when you put in the effort. It's kind of like, where do you want to put your effort into? And once you get a process, so we're very process oriented, which we'll get to all of our tasks and how we get things done. Once you get a process and you failed a couple of times and realized it didn't work, and then you succeeded a couple of times and know what you like, then it helps you move down that path. And it, we've just found it helps us from all facets, from our customer for life philosophy, where some, when somebody buys an from home, they're always, when, next time they're in the market, we want them to come back to us. Um, Somebody who builds is likely to build again, trying to build that um, repertoire for people. Yeah. 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 I think there are a couple of good insights in there. I mean, one is just coordinating with the sales team. And I think, you know, there's a long history of, you know, sales and marketing butting heads and, and really it doesn't do anyone any favors. I mean, the sales individual that kind of called you out, like that's good communication to you saying, Hey, I need you to put yourself in my shoes, but then you can also educate them on what you're dealing with on the marketing side. And the more communication you have, then you can start coordinating with force rather than because like, we're all trying to get some revenue at the end of the day. Like you guys are trying to get leads. They're trying to close the deal, but it's all moving in the same direction. So I think that was a good insight. And then also it sounds like you can't, kind of put half-hearted effort into the event. It's like, if you're going to do it, do it right, you know, make it an experience as you spoke to earlier. So um, yeah, that's awesome. And I think a lot of people listening, they're going, yeah, I could never get buy-in from sales or, you know, but you made some good points and there it was like, you got to try it. Let's experiment. Hey, if it doesn't work out, like, sure, we'll learn some things and we can move on. Um, but what's the the harm? You're already sitting in the model. You know, let's just put some some excitement around that. Hey guys, just a quick announcement before we get to the rest of today's episode. We've been getting a ton of feedback on our Done For You social media program. Now, if social media has been a frustration of yours or you feel like you're not posting enough, this is the perfect solution for you. And as a listener of the podcast, we've got a special promotion going on right now. So just head over to remodelersocialmedia.com and use the code radio at the checkout. So if you want to get more engagement and more people finding you on platforms like Facebook and Instagram, hit pause really quick and check out remodelersocialmedia.com and use the code radio at checkout. All right, back to the show. 
let's shift gears. I feel like we could talk about events probably for a couple of hours. And so I want to make sure we get to a couple of other things. Uh, as marketers, uh, we're tasked with lots and lots of things. And especially when it comes to events, there's just a lot of moving parts and moving pieces. And we've got you know, the coordination of the actual event, but then the marketing, we've got social posts and emails and ads and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So how do you guys track along in terms of do you use certain tools or technology that you find helpful? Um, how do you make sure you don't miss any of the check boxes leading up to either an event or just anything that you've got tasked? Trello, yes. <laughs> Trello, yeah, we're fans of Trello as well. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I think Trello is, I hated it at first. I'll be totally honest. Any new software that you have to, that somebody tells you you have to use, you say no. And that's from the sales side. When you say you're the CRM, use it. They're going to say no. Yeah. When I was, in, I'm president of a nonprofit called Code for Good West Michigan. And they brought to me when we first, when I first started was, oh, we're going to use Trello to track this thing. And I was like, no, this is insanity. I don't want to be in this thing. I have to like log in and. Stuff's all all the notifications. So many notifications. I hate this. And then I started working through it. And that was before I had Marissa. And so we started working through it. And when I, I had our first taste into her, I struggled through that without Trello. And it's delay years better since I got that. And I kind of I reached my breaking point after the first taste into her. And that's when I finally was given permission to get Marissa. <laughs> and um, when I met her, it was perfect. It was perfect. We're good pair to get all the stuff done. But when I was like, okay, I'm going to bring somebody on, how do I share my brain with her? I mean, that's literally what I needed to do. I needed to download my brain and put it in hers and do the same for her so that we're not stepping over each other or duplicating the same things or confused or like emails back and forth that could drive you insane with your inboxes. So I reluctantly looked back at Trello and it, I was like, all right, we're going to use Trello. I set her up an account. Uh, we're still on the free one and we kind of struggled along for a while. We, we failed a little bit. It felt like you were forcing it. And I will give a shout out to Trello and their taco by Trello, <laughs> the dog, the little husky, I'm a total yeah. dog person. Um, I read through their blogs. They have great blogs about productivity, about sales funnels, about automating your marketing. And I spent three hours one evening after everyone had left the office. I'm sitting here late at night reading these ridiculous blogs, way too many of them. And I sent Marissa probably like 30 notifications, <laughs> probably 30 yeah. and said, Hey, this is a great article. Send. Hey, this is a great article. Send. It's so unaffected, but <laughs> she read some of them and was like, actually, this is really cool. Let's find a way to do this. So it required us to sit down and talk through what are our goals. Um, we built, I think the events out the best the first time. Yeah. So we created, processes um, within there, Trello has something called Butler and Butler bot does things for you. And he, and you can go through, it uses what you call logic, logic rules. rules. Mm -hmm. So it uses logic rules to know that you do the same things all the time. So you can ask Butler to tell you what you do all the time and tell you how to better it, make it better. Or if you know, okay, every time I move this, they call them cards. They're kind of like tasks. Mm -hmm. So when you move this task to a new list or when you check off this box do these things so we worked through the process because marissa and i are both doing so many things and we're kind of we're overlapping very seamlessly well not seamlessly in the beginning now much more seamlessly because we set it all up in butler and spent what hours yeah. tweaking and testing but now we don't have to touch it i mean an event just flies through our system so we know when we go through the sales agent we created what they call custom fields so all the information that can change what sales agent is it um what what location is it going to be what's the address what's the date what's the time what do they need from us how many flyers how many signage how many, do they want photographs do they want postcards sent all the things that we ask they we created it in the card and then we automated it of when this thing gets checked off send it send a card to marissa's to-do yep. list so we the other thing about any software is just turn off your notifications if they're too much because they can be way too much and so getting an email for everything that's done isn't really helpful go for the summary tell yourself that you're only going to check it once a day or twice a day or decide what's right and really look at what was done or what you need to do in a concentrated format. So one of the things that we learned in those blogs was to-do boards. So we created a Sarah's yeah. to-dos and Marissa's to-dos. 
and we both do things differently. So we created our own lists and those cards for like an event, if it's scheduled photography, that goes to Marissa. So it automatically adds a to-do task to Marissa's board in her photography notes so that when she goes to schedule photography that day, she can just go through her list and schedule out all the photography and it's done. Or if it's on mine, I need to make flyers for all of these events. Okay, well, when I decide to open up InDesign and dive in and make a bunch of flyers, I just want to do them all at once. I don't want to keep, you know, going at each one at a time because that takes a lot of time. I mean, it's really about trying to find a way to seamlessly efficiency and effectiveness together are what makes you successful. So you've got to be efficient, but you also have to be effective. So just because you did something fast, but it was wrong, you have to go back and edit it then it's not effective anymore. So you've got to find the, the working well between efficiency and effectiveness. Um, and we implemented to-do boards, and I think Marissa can talk too about to-do boards and how we're, we're in them every day. You see your today, we implemented yep. like what you do today, what you do this week, what you have to do next week to try to get an, a view of what's coming at you before, so you don't always feel blindsided. Yeah. And then we need to learn to say no, which is very hard for both of us, and say, send us an email. So our sales agents have to send us an email yep. when they're making a request. And then there is Trello has a great Outlook app. So we use Outlook internally. And it has a great plugin that when I get an email, I can create a Trello card. And if it's a website update, it's going to go to website updates. And that's going to get done at a certain time of the week. I'm not going to just make an update because you sign an email because there are things that need to be done before that. And so it's, it's really prioritizing, which mm -hmm. is really hard. Yeah, it's not very fun <laughs> and it's hard because you have to tell people no, people don't like that, but you're much more effective when you can learn to say no, when you can organize your brain and we can organize all those to do's. It gives you a perspective of how far out you are from getting something done and give realistic deadlines. I'm notorious for saying, yeah, I'll totally get that done this week and then working till seven o'clock on a Friday to make sure I get it done because I can't not get a deadline done, but I shouldn't have set the deadline for Friday is kind of what you learn from that. Yeah. Um, so Trello is huge. I don't know if you have another huge. Um, no, I think, I mean, I use Trello just organization, like Sarah said, and I think big picture overview of what um, my, I do it for the whole month. So what my month looks like um, is critical. Um, and then that said, do you want us to talk about some of the other softwares platforms you use yeah that'd be great and and maybe just before you jump in there i'll just chime in and say um for those of you listening that aren't you know uh productivity nerds or uh, automation nerds like we love this stuff because it saves us a lot of time and like as marketers we're always obsessing over like how can i save a few steps or like you guys were talking about the butler like i love that part um just because there's so many things that you'd literally just be clicking and recreating tasks and doing all these things. And so um, as marketers, we have to find these efficiencies and the technologies out there today. So, uh, but yeah, Marissa, what other kind of tools and tech are you guys using internally to either get more done faster or stuff that you just think is really cool in marketing right now? Yeah. So I use three main ones, um, Hootsuite, Later, and then MailChimp. So a lot of them, I mean, those are pretty big names in the industry, but Hootsuite I use for Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. Um, they cover Pinterest and Instagram, but I use later for them because I feel like they just integrate better. Um, but with Hootsuite, you can optimize for that platform, which is really nice. Like for Twitter, it cuts you off for the characters or changes the um, image size so that everything looks really nice. And then obviously it's a scheduling tool. And so I go in Monday mornings and schedule out all the posts for the week. And then I don't have to think about it. It's very nice. Um, and of course you can go in and edit and change if need be, but I usually, that's very um, process oriented for me is to get it done Monday, don't have to think about it. And then later is the same type of thing, but it was made specifically for Instagram. And I find that you can do a lot more with it because you can actually schedule out stories for Instagram, which we cannot do yet. Um, so that's super nice because stories are really hard to stay on top of and just make sure you're doing. Um, and so that's been helpful for me. And then Pinterest is huge because you can schedule out all the pins. So I literally will go in, dump like 400 pictures and then just be copying and pasting and get it done in two hours. And I don't have to think about it for the month um, is how I do Pinterest. And then I use MailChimp. MailChimp has been huge the last, probably this summer, we've really dived into automated tracks with MailChimp. Um, and all of these things, we do have the, I think they're like enterprise package. So we are paying 
for some of these things, but totally worth it as far as automating um, what, like over 20 emails to send out once a lead comes through a various amount of channels. Um, they get put in a list and they're added a tag and then they get sent 20 emails over a period of time that we've created. And we've seen some really great results. I wrote down some of the numbers. Um, we have a 32.9% um, open rate. Sorry, I said that wrong. 32.9% open rate. And the industry average is 17.1% open rate. And so we've been seeing some really good traction, really good click-throughs. Um, people are liking what they're reading and then I don't have to touch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll go in and like edit and tweak some things. Um, and we also use that for our customer for like email track, which Sarah has mentioned. So that's after they bought a house. Um, I put in all of the names from our closing survey and then they get on a separate track um, that lasts two years. And they're just given intervals that are like little touch points or here's an event or that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the, uh, continuing with the theme of automation i mean this stuff uh, for anybody listening you know it's great because you can design that experience beforehand and say hey if somebody has all these things happen to them they visit a floor plans page or go to this community or download this brochure like hey put them in this chain of emails or and i love the customer for life concept you know hey you bought now we're going to drip out all this stuff about what to do now that you've purchased a home and how to maintain for different seasons and all that kind of stuff and and it's all happening in the background and you, you've already, you create it once and it runs forever and, and sure you might need to update or edit, but um, those are great, you know, tactical things for people that aren't leveraging this type of automation. And I think um, for those of you listening in a marketing role or, or if you're not in a marketing role, you're starting to get a feel for how many moving parts there are and little details. I mean, just Instagram stories alone that you mentioned, you know, you're expected to post, you know, is it every day, multiple times a day, at least a few times a week. And so to be able to schedule those things out and say, oh, I'm done for October, I'm done for November, you know, and I just did it in, in chunks. Um, so those are great. Yeah, great tips. Uh, we're getting down to the wire here for time, but I do want to just let's briefly cover video because video is a big uh, topic these days. A lot of people are talking about it. It's being leveraged. Um, in a lot of different ways now on the marketing side, but also on the sales side, one-to-one -one and one-to-many. So I'm curious, just kind of high level, how are you guys using video today? And then where do you want to be, you know, in two or three years? Yeah. So we actually post to YouTube about 15 to 20 videos a month. Um, and that is a variety of things. So um, we've talked through since I started here, um, my boss, our vice president of sales and marketing, he wanted EBTV, he's for TV, um, because he wanted his own, he, a way to have his own content out there. So on that note, I tried to start diving into that. What are the ways that I can get video? And you, there's a variety of, I think we say like formats or styles. So we can, we go ahead and hire a videographer for like really nice testimonials. We work with a local vendor and have them sit down It's in its video with lights, cameras, long shoots, hours long, um, and, it, and they're really high quality. Sure. And then we have um, another local vendor that we that does drone video, they do tour video, home tour walkthroughs. Um, they're, they turn around very quickly. They are all templated, but they do a great job. They turn around really quickly and they're also very reasonable. And then we've gotten our sales agents to be much more comfortable being on camera. So it started when I started here, I mean, we bought a camera and a tripod and I went out with our sales agents to the field where I was told, told to go and just recorded things on this camera. And then I was at the time editing them in Premiere Pro and spending way too much time on them. And then we kind of cut that out of like, okay, we don't need to be that fancy. What if it's just a video? So then it was just phone videos, but there's something lacking. So we also, so Marissa found this great tool called Wivit. And yeah. that's another tool that she can go into as far as how that works for her. Yeah. So with it, um, is basically like, it's just a way to make videos quickly branded looks professional, but mainly optimized for social. Um, nice. I mean, YouTube as well. So you can do both like vertical landscape, which is great. Um, and so we pay just a yearly fee and then I can pump out like 15 videos in a week. If all agents give me, you know, two or three videos very easily, they take about 15 minutes each. Um, I would That's say that awesome. takes some, yeah, it is really awesome. 
it takes some time to kind of get the hang of how to format videos. Like I don't have a background in videography at all. And so it took me some time, but they have an awesome help center. Um, I have a personal like consultant who I reach out to for any questions. She's been great. Um, and so it's been an awesome way to make those agents videos look professional, something we want to share. Um, and they love them. So we have a couple that consistently give me about 10 videos every two weeks. Um, oh, and then I turn awesome. those right around for them. So it's been great. It's a good, um, touch and I can make event videos with like just photos really easily too for special little holiday occasions. That's super easy to do with this platform. And she can reuse content, which I think was my yes. favorite portion of it yeah, when we were looking at it is we get so many photos of our houses and events. And I'm like, I don't want to see the content die. I spent money on it. It's sitting there. It's beautiful. How do we keep reusing this? So she's done an amazing job of finding, you know, like making an Easter video out of like cute things that we've had at one Easter egg hunt. And now we can always make an Easter video because we got really cool photos or we have a summer picnic. We can send that video out and show our homeowners or we've done homeowner highlights where we go get photos of their home and then we can keep making that content in different ways. So it's kind of taking the stuff you've already paid for and repurposing it. So we've done that with video. So some of those really fancy videos that we made, we can, yeah, we can go and cut them and make a whole new video out of it. So yeah. Tasting Tour is a great example where we don't need to go refilm it each time. We can take an interview and chop it and then put a call to action at the end for this year's Tasting right. Tour. So that's really been helpful from a efficiency standpoint and, and effectiveness of making sure the videos are up to date and have great stuff, but you're also using stuff you already have on you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, it's a good point. Repurposing is a huge one. Uh, and I mean, we do the same thing with this podcast, you know, it ended up being 45 to 60 minutes. And then suddenly now you have all these segments of 60 yeah. seconds, 90 seconds. And it sounds like you guys are doing the same thing with lots of different things and you can use it for events. And if you had 30 minutes of footage, well, you might have like six years worth of Easter events because you can just kind of clip different parts of it. So it's, uh, yeah, that's a great point. And Marissa, I'm glad you mentioned that, you know, you didn't have training in video. I feel like as marketers, we often get tasked with like, oh, you need to be a video expert, a graphic design expert, an SEO expert. Oh, and you have to design and code websites too. And like all these, you know, skills that, that are very, uh, very specific. And you end up having to either know enough to be dangerous and find the right people that can fill in those gaps, or you end up learning them on the fly because they're just necessary today as a part of uh, what digital marketing and, and just what marketing is. So, um, yeah, I've, yeah. Is Canva. Mm, yep. It's a really easy tool to uh, make social posts or graphics um, or just add like words to your photo if you don't know how to use the Adobe Suite. So that's another good plug. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, our team uses Canva uh, frequently as well. Um, and it's nice because they have predefined templates for all the social posts and you can, oh, this is the size I need. Great, I'll start there. You don't need to be an expert. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Well, um, I feel like we could probably dive into a lot more. We might have to do a round two at some point because I feel like we didn't get to a few things that we wanted to, but uh, in the interest of time, we're going to move on to our last uh, segment of the show. But um, before we get to that, I guess, is there a good place if somebody wants to connect with you guys or learn more about what you're doing? Um, where should they go? Uh, I, you found me on LinkedIn. So I'd say add me on LinkedIn. Let's connect. Let's chat. Um, we go to the Zillow new construction conference that they're having in um, uh, October. Yep. Maybe. Um, we'll be there. Uh, we're going to be at the summit in Chicago next week. Um, otherwise, check us out on social because that's where we're supposed to post all the great yeah. stuff. Um, Facebook message me. Um, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll track down those links and put them in the show notes for everybody so they can find it easy. Um, so let's move on. Last segment of the show. This is kind of rapid fire. So uh, quick answers. We'll do our fast five segment. Uh, and I'll just ask one question. I'll let you each answer. Uh, so favorite business book and why? Um, I, it's not, I guess, perfectly business related, but I read a book called, is everyone really equal? And I was part of a book club. Um, and it was, uh, amazing. I have no better word than that. Um, it really explains 
humans and all the different things that you don't think about as a person in society that has your own set of privileges. So it, it takes on so many different facets and really helps you, I think from a marketing perspective, understand that you have millions of different people you're advertising to every day. So there's no perfect thing. And we like to get stuck in the like, this is our demographic. Not that you should just specifically market to one person, but being aware that you want multiple messages, you want multiple content, you need to speak in multiple ways or show things in multiple ways to reach different people. And you have to be aware first that there are people out there that are different than you. And so I think that was um, a, a, a book in general that was good. Cool. Marissa? In general, the Chilo, Chilo Dini, is that how you say it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I forget the book title now. It's like Influence. Oh, yeah. Influence the Powers of Persuasion. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Robert, Robert Cialdini, I think it is. Um, yeah, thank you. I totally butchered it. But oh, I no, that's okay. Yeah, I probably messed it up too. So okay. we'll just roll with it. Yeah, sorry. To <laughs> no, that's a great one. It is. I mean, it just teaches you basic principles about how to influence people in different um, strategies, techniques, not manipulate. And he makes that distinction very clear. But just like... Um, like using just a lot of different tactics, uh, which is kind of underlined in marketing. So, yeah. Yeah, th those are great. We'll make sure to link those up. Um, all right. So, who is the most inspirational person in your life? Hmm. Gosh, these are so hard. Yeah, these are hard. Um, go. Okay. So, this is going to sound really cheesy, but honestly, my husband, Austin, um, and specifically for business, he just, his mind works like that. He's a sales engineer. And so, he really helped me understand um, more of the business side of what we do uh, because I like to be more of the creative and the writer. Um, and he asked really great questions. He's a great, challenging person um, for me in a good way. And so, he inspires me every day. That's awesome. Very cool. <laughs> um, make you cry. <laughs> yeah, almost. Um, so I guess mine is going to be kind of like how I got where I was. I'm going to give a shout out to teachers. Um, my teacher that I had in high school and then a professor I had in college. Um, I grew up uh, not in a great home situation all the time. And so I didn't think I was going to go to college. I didn't think I was going to Success wasn't something I knew anything about. I hadn't seen success. I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know how to attain it. Um, and the two teachers in high school, one kind of sat me down and said, no, you're going to go to college, pick out a class, like do that right now. And it was pressure. I, I guess that's why I like pressure. Um, so I did. I sat down and at first I thought interior design. So it's very fitting that I ended up in the home building industry. Um, and I went to school for two years for interior design and then moved over to graphic design. I liked the more, I wanted to do more than just one space. I wanted to make spaces design. So does graphic design was a better fit for me. And then uh, my teacher, my other teacher in college is the one who got me at the festival and put me into the job I had um, 16 years old and running a giant festival with a hundred, over a hundred thousand people in attendance. It was a big task that they felt I could do. And I'm, ever thankful that they did that because I wouldn't be where I was and I wouldn't have learned that I could do anything I put my mind to. So that is an important thing that I would say. Never doubt how important you are to somebody when you're just showing them that they can make it. That's awesome. Cool. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Um, not fly because I don't like flying. Um, <laughs> All right, I'm going to go very, like, atypical on this one. I love food, and I kind of like cooking, but I don't like how long it takes. If I could just, like, have food in front of me at any <laughs> time. Just your fingers and it's there, yeah. It's amazing food. So I'm such a foodie. I can't afford to eat out every meal, but I'm never making the food I want to have. And I, I do like making meals. I try those, like, HelloFresh meals, or I'll try a bunch of recipes. Marissa and I swap recipes all the time. But if I could just not have to put all the effort into it, if I could just have racialized yeah. food and it's there. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's that. a good one. And uh, you're right. I've never heard that one, but that's an excellent one. I That would be near the top of my list as well. Right. You? I, I do, I do so much. So if you ever want to get me anywhere, just tell me there's food there. there. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, mine would probably have to do with like, un, like a highly 
uh, I don't know how to say it, like empath empathy, but as in a superpower form. So like I could feel what other people are feeling and help like make their day better or like it would help in marketing a lot because <laughs> you could kind of get it. Like, I don't know what that would be, but just like a high level of that's cool. Yeah. Well, I think you'll have to create your own name for that superpower and then uh and then we'll we'll tag it. All right. Um, uh, all right. So almost there. Uh describe yourself in three words. Never giving up. I was gonna say, can we describe each other? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Sure, let's do a little uh yeah, reverse. Go for it. Okay, Sarah is highly motivated, extremely intelligent, and capable. Right on. They <laughs> had hyphens in them, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yes, okay, hyphens. All right. So Marissa is unstoppable, inspiring. I don't know how to use the word that I have is not the right word, but just pure amazing and has been like my my perfect sidekick. <laughs> I, I would have never imagined I would find her in the world and then we could do all the stuff we do together. So it really is, talent is important. <laughs> I didn't think I would make it. You. <laughs> I didn't think I would do that. And there are a lot of times um, on a rough day where maybe a sales agent didn't listen to you or you have 17 deadlines that are piling on or everyone now has a random last minute event or project that's due, I can lean on her. So she's also very, um, I can't think of the word, dependable. That's the one I'm looking for. I can always <laughs> turn to her and know I can talk something out. She's not going to judge me for it. She's not going to pull me out and be like, oh my gosh, Sarah, that was so ridiculous. Or that was, you know, now you're just venting or being dramatic. It was uh, being able to bounce things off of each other. And it's like a in cliche, but a safe space. Um, for marketing, I think you need to find that. You got to find somebody who can be your rock when you feel like, what am I doing here? I hate all of this. I want to go home. <laughs> you can yeah, talk yeah. that with somebody and maybe also drink wine. True. Wine. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Cool. Um, all right. Final question is if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would that be? Uh, keep learning. I mean, it was, I remember hearing it when I was in college and I was like, oh no, I'm going to take a, you know, they have majors where you graduate and you get like your certification, you got to keep going back, like continuing education. And I was like, that's horrible. I never want to have to learn again. Um, I didn't like school in that way, but it, knowledge comes in various forms. That's what I would say. Find something to learn every week. And I mean, I wouldn't have gotten to where we are with Trello if I wouldn't have done those things. Find a, and it doesn't always have to be, um, like typical knowledge. It could be anything that just furthers your, your insight into the world. It could be um, purely just an article about somebody. I really like reading um, books about people's lives. I think it's very helpful for insight into how people have challenged, how people have attained things, how they've overcome challenges and all the millions of ways that people do those things. Mm -hmm. um, it's really eye-opening. So just like get outside of your own box and like learn more things. Cool. Um, never quit. Never give up. Just keep pushing forward. Yeah. Mine was similar to that, but I'll just add the networking piece. So um, meet new people and ask them what they're doing. We've learned a lot from our benchmark group. Um, and that's been really key. Or just going to Zillow conferences, go to conferences if you can. Um, that's been super helpful with just inspiring new ideas and making us think outside of our box. And if you ever get the chance to meet Marissa in person, she is a ninja conversationalist. Her <laughs> no. and her husband together having a conversation with them. You're like, how did that happen? They ask the best questions. The conversation never dies. They are ninjas. At it. So That's good. A good, a good skill to have. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, uh, Sarah, Marissa, this has been awesome. Thank you both so much for joining me today. Um, I think we had a lot a lot of actionable things for people and a lot of things that will hopefully get people just thinking, oh, how could I do something similar or do that in my own way as it applies to my company? So yeah, thank you both again for joining me. Thanks for thank having you. us. Yeah, for featuring us. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Sarah and Marissa of Eastbrook Homes. Um, I know you're on the go, so I always like to pull out a couple of action items that I pulled out of the episode and there were a couple of things that stood out to me. One was around events. So if you're doing events, I think the action item is, can you get sales and marketing more aligned with your events? Get everyone's participation in promoting the events 
and put a little more muscle behind them. Because I think sometimes we go, oh, we put all this effort into putting on the event, but then we forget to market it with the same energy or vice versa. We don't put all the energy into creating the event and the details we want, but then we market it, but maybe the experience isn't what we wanted. So uh, that's one action item. If you're not doing events, then I would just encourage you to get one on the books and, and just put it on the calendar and then you can start working towards it. And I think what these two found is that they did it initially as kind of an experiment. Hey, I'm not sure how this is going to work out. And it turned out really well. And so then they've just continued to double down and double down uh, on events. So I think that's a great takeaway for anybody listening. Another one was around automation. So you heard them talk about tools like MailChimp and Trello. Um, Trello, that's more on the automation of project management and tasks and making sure you're well organized. On the MailChimp side, there are lots of different tools that handle this, but MailChimp is, is one of them. It's automating emails. So thinking about the experience that a prospect or lead has with your website, as soon as they fill out a form, you can trigger a chain of automated emails. Again, it's that create it once, have it work for you forever sort of thing. And so if you're not using automation, either on the project management side or on the marketing side, try to pick off one thing that you do uh, repeatedly that you can automate and then just start checking more and more of those things off. And then suddenly you'll look up three, six months down the road and you'll be way more efficient and you'll be doing a lot less repeat tasks. So I think those were two great action items out of today. We did cover a lot, um, but I think those will be super helpful for you. And again, I really appreciate you guys listening to Builder Funnel Radio and we will see you next time. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to Builder Funnel Radio. I know there are a lot of podcast choices out there, so it really means a lot to me that you choose this as one you either subscribe or listen to regularly. Now, before we part ways for today, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you got some value out of today's episode, please either leave us a review or share this with a friend. We're really working on building a community of construction professionals that want to treat their customers right, they want to run profitable businesses, and create more jobs in our economy. So leaving a review or sharing it with a friend really helps us build that community, and we'd really, really appreciate it. All right, guys, that's all I've got for today. So we'll see you next time on Builder Funnel Radio.